0: Mr. Chair and members of the commission, we are now live.
1: Good evening and welcome to the March 22nd, 2023 meeting of the Montgomery County Historic Preservation Commission. My name is Bob Sutton and I'm the chair and I would like to have staff introduce, I'm sorry, commissioners introduce themselves starting on my left and staff introduce themselves as well, thank you. Jeffrey
2: Haynes.
3: Karen Burdett. Julie Pelletier.
1: Michael Galway.
2: Commissioner Doman, Michael Kine, Historic Preservation Staff. Rebecca
0: Ballow, Historic Preservation Staff.
2: Dan Brukert,
4: Historic Preservation Staff. John Lee Leberts, Historic Preservation Staff.
1: Thank you. The first item on our agenda are um, historic area work permits, and have the uh, permits been advertised?
5: Yes, they were advertised in the March 8th edition of the
6: Washington Times.
1: Thank you. Uh, we believe that the permits that are before us can be expedited but first if there's anyone who wants to speak in opposition to any of these if you would let us know we would appreciate it Uh, so the first one is item number 1a at 7218 maple avenue tacoma park item 1b at 10013 stony brook drive silver spring Uh, 1D at 7421 Cedar Avenue, Tacoma Park, 1E at 7501 Carroll Avenue, Tacoma Park, 1F at 5701 Achille Lane, Rockville, and 1G at 7200 Maple Avenue, Tacoma Park.
3: Mr. Chair, hearing no objections, I move that we approve the following Historic Area Work Permits in accordance with the staff reports. Based upon the record before us, in consideration of the recommendations of the local advisory panels and including the conditions recommended by staff. Hop number 1020137 at 7218 Maple Avenue, Tacoma Park. Hop number 1003027 Revision at 10013 Stony Brook Drive, Silver Spring. HOP number 1022682 at 4719 Cumberland Avenue, Chevy Chase. HOP number 1023017 at 7421 Cedar Avenue, Tacoma Park. HOP number 1023061 at 7501 Carroll Avenue, Tacoma Park. HOP number 1023063 at 5701 Achille Lane, Rockville and hop number 982698, Revision, at 7200 Maple Avenue, Tacoma Park.
1: Is there a second? This is Commissioner Haynes, I'll second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, thank you, all of these pass. And we appreciate the work that you have done to get these projects in condition so that we can easily approve them. That makes our job easier, and hopefully makes yours easier as well. We will now move to preliminary consultations, and the first one we will hear tonight is item 2A at 6100 Connecticut Avenue in Chevy Chase. Is there a staff report?
5: Yes. Uh, John Lieberts, uh, Historic Preservation Staff. So the uh, resource at 6100 Connecticut Avenue is a Georgian Revival Clubhouse uh, with prominent <coughs> and neoclassical elements built in 1911. Uh, the chevy chase club is a outstanding resource in the chevy chase village historic district uh, the standards for review are uh, chapter 24a the chevy chase village design guidelines and the secretary of interior standard for standards for rehabilitation uh, the chevy chase design guidelines provides additional direction for the chevy chase club of note uh, the district only includes the uh, clubhouse shown here the shelter and the uh, stable on the southern end of the site. Uh, the plan recognizes that the building must continue to evolve over time and continue to meet the needs of its members, uh, that any alterations to the main clubhouse not visible from the public right of should be subject to very lenient scrutiny. And finally, that changes to the rear of the building should be approved as a matter of course. Uh, Here's a, a series of Sanborn maps and uh, two historic photographs of the building. Uh, for the Sanborn maps, you can see the original footprint on the left. In 1926, you had the addition of the Bradley House to the south that's connected by a small corridor and the uh, women's locker room on the northern end here. Uh, again, 1927, 1963, you can see this same footprint with some other extensions and additions over time. And uh, here's a historic photograph on the top right of what it originally looked like in 1911. And uh, then the alterations that happened in 1915, the extension of that rear porch and the, uh, in the addition of the uh, similar, semi-circular bay. Uh, the project team included this very helpful graphic that shows the uh, different phases of development. Uh, you have the enclosure of that porch in the rear in 1939 and replacement of some of the windows in 1969 and 2002. You have this 1958 addition that doesn't pop up on the sandboard map for some reason, but it's in the Chevy Chase um, Club's records. Uh, And also, probably most prominently, you have the demolition of what was that northern woman's locker here in 1969 for this large addition. So the proposal uh, includes fenestration alterations, alterations to an existing terrace and patio and construction of a new terrace and deck, uh, hardscape and pathway alterations, the installation of cable railings, uh, rooftop mechanical equipment, a uh, tr- removal of two trees, and lighting alterations and replacements. So I'm gonna walk through the uh, various stages, uh, starting with the penetrational alterations, but I wanted to start- first say that overall, staff finds that all the proposed elements are compatible with the massing scale, the design and materials of the historic resource and district, and should be approved as a matter of course due to the location on the rear of the building or areas that are not visible from Connecticut Avenue. So starting on the southern end of the building, um, we have um, this uh, corridor, and the replacement of a uh, a window with a door. Uh, Just to orient you, here is the corridor that connects the men's locker room, which was part of that original 1911 building, to the Dudley House, which is a 1926 addition. And as a reminder, the historic district boundary is actually through right through the center of that corridor. Here it is in the present day and from looking at it from the rear of the property and you can see the replacement of this window. They're gonna cut the stone walls down to install a six panel wood door with a six light transom above it. Uh, this door also matches a door on the opposite side of the corridor that accesses the Dudley house. Uh, staff finds this to be compatible with the design and again it should be reviewed with very lenient scrutiny as it's on a non-visible location of the clubhouse. Uh, Moving further along, we have the, uh, this is the south elevation of the 1969 vestibule. Uh, The the proposal is to replace this uh, two non-historic 12-light wood windows with a double-leaf 10-light wood door. Uh, The design actually better recalls some of the fenestration patterns uh, formerly seen at this building in historic photographs. Next we have the replacement of uh, these two double-leaf wood doors with a single-leaf door and a three-light transom. Uh, This is on the south elevation, the original uh, south gable wing that accesses the uh, tap and card rooms. On the west and southern elevations of the 1958 edition, uh, the proposal calls for the replacement of the uh, fixed two light windows in kind and the replacement of the triple hung windows shown with the arrows on the screen, with uh, two fixed with uh, two light fixed windows that will match the design of the existing window. Here are those uh, same triple hung windows from that 1958 edition shown on the other uh, western side of that elevation. Uh, there's four of them on this side. I think you, uh, the applicant team may talk about. Uh, on site, we talked about how this uh, bar is actually gonna be slightly lowered, I believe. Uh, it, wasn't part, it wasn't evident from the application and they may have some more uh, comments on that when they uh, speak. Uh, here we have the nearly in-kind replacement of a pair of double-leaf doors uh, on that 1958 edition. Uh, the door on the right now would be permanently fixed but would be a false door to recall uh, what is presently there. Uh, here, on the north elevation of the 1969 Terrace Room, we have the restoration of an opening to its original appearance. Uh, the doors would be removed and replaced with the fixed light um, windows that match the existing two. Uh, here, this is the 1969 Pool and Canteen Wing. Uh, this mission didn't include any detailed sheets on this, uh, on this uh, proposal, but it does note the in-kind replacement of the automatic doors. Uh, here, for the last fenestration change, this is the north elevation of the 1969 porch and canteen wing. Um, the replacement of the fixed-light windows and double-leaf door in the canted bay. Uh, something I missed on the staff report is that these windows on the side are actually doors, and they would be replaced with four-light windows. Uh, again, this is on a non-historic section of the building uh, and also not visible from the public right away, and should be approved as a matter of course similar to the other fenestration alterations. Uh, moving forward to the uh, roof alterations, uh, for the northern and southern terraces on the rear elevation, here and here where the blue arrows point, uh, they have planned to re-roof and install wood decking, which would not be evident from uh, the public right-of-way or really from any part of the, of the property. Uh, As part of this project, they also need to, they're proposing to install cable railing behind the existing uh, wood Chippendale railings uh, as required by code. As you can see in the example photographs, this is really a transparent solution in lieu of alterations to these character defining railings and staff supportive of this alteration to this part of the building. Uh, In addition, there's going to be some new mechanical equipment uh, put up on the roof. Um, On the bottom left, you can see uh, aerial photograph of this existing rooftop of where the equipment will be placed. There's already some existing equipment there. And on the bottom right, you have their proposed mechanical equipment. Uh, They also included uh, sight lines from Connecticut Avenue right near the bus shelter near Connecticut Avenue and from the golf course. And you won't be able to see mechanical equipment from any of those vantage points. Uh, moving forward to really probably the most significant part of the uh, project is the terrace and deck and landscape alterations. Uh, this is the existing condition. Now, uh, just as a refresher, again, the historic district boundary ends right here at the, uh, at the corridor connecting the deadly house to the men's locker room, uh, you have an existing brick patio here that was installed in 1969. Uh, There's probably a patio there prior to that, uh, but we can see in construction photographs that it was all torn up at that period. And you have this 1958 wing here. Uh, So here on the left, it's a proposed demolition plan. On the right is the proposed hardscape, deck terrace and patios. Uh, So for the demolition, you have the removal of a couple of the of the the walkways, uh, resurfacing of a walkway while keeping it pretty much undisturbed, Uh, demolition of this brick walkway with two uh, risers, and uh, as part of the patio where they're going to be building the new deck wrapping around this 1958 section, they're going to be redoing this part of the brick (laughs) patio here, and adding a new stair accessing it um, from the uh, the walkways here. Also, uh, of note, are the two tree removals you can see on this plan. You have the removal of a uh, 12-inch black gum and a 10-inch sweet gum trees here. So here is the the renderings of the proposed deck, uh, the existing on the left and the proposed on the right. what I think really helps this uh, carry forward and relate to the building is the use of the, uh, the wood railing, which is really a character defining feature that is shown throughout multiple iterations of this building over the last uh, 115 or so years. Uh, they continue to use this deck material and railing. Uh, the, the deck railing as a character defining feature in different phases of construction. Uh, as part of this, uh, moving forward, the applicants should address how they'll construct the deck in consideration of any nearby significant trees in relation to the footings and other construction methods uh, that they may address in their presentation tonight. Um, here also, you will have the uh, partial demolition of one of the stone walls uh, and part of that patio right here for the addition of this stair. Uh, and this so this is the new brick paving in this square section here before the, the bend. And here's the new staircase. Uh, staff in the staff report noted that um, you know, additional details should be included about this stair uh, in the hop application. Uh, so the new brick pathway that runs uh, perpendicular to the uh, parallel to the men's locker room uh, is here for ADA accessibility. It removes this two stone stair riser and replaces it just with a with a singular slope, um, and you have these two stone uh, walls that taper down as you approach the building that's being added as well. Uh, for the lighting package, uh, staff, we didn't include a every single light um, proposed throughout in this presentation. But basically, you have uh, the replacement of the existing lighting with very similar, feet, with similar lighting um, throughout the rear elevation. Uh, most of it is copper, and most of it is appropriate in terms of design and materials to so the historic setting itself and the building. And it should be improved as a matter of course as, on, as it's on the rear elevation. So overall, staff findings: uh, staff finds that the alterations are compatible with the masking scale, design, and fenestration patterns of the historic resource and should be approved as a matter of course as they're located on the real elevation of the building or is not visible from the uh, public right-of-way. And in terms of HPC feedback, <clears throat> staff seeking, uh, overall comments about the compatibil- compatibility of the massing and scale of the new terrace and deck with the clubhouse, the appropriateness of the cable railing installed behind the existing railings to satisfy code requirements, the removal of the triple-hung windows of the 1958 edition and the replacement of the window on the south elevation of the men's locker room with the door, and that's within that hyphen that we started off the fenestration changes with. I'd be happy, Pete, to answer any questions.
1: Are there any questions for staff?
3: I have one. This is Commissioner con- Burdett. Yes. Um, regarding the roof equipment, um, they showed sight lines from grade around that area, um, but I'm not familiar with the overall. Uh, larger area, but is that roof very visible from another location a little bit further out or from, or is it pretty much obscured by other roof forms?
5: I think from the public, the main public right away on Kinetic Avenue, I think you'd have a hard time seeing mm-hmm. any of that mechanical kind of equipment. Um, I'm not sure if you really went out into the golf course if you'd see any of it. I don't believe so based on mm-hmm. how the, the topography is, but uh, the architects may be able to better answer that when they uh, come forward.
3: Thank you.
1: Any other questions for staff?
5: Okay. If not, I would welcome
1: the owner and owner's representatives to come forward. Um, if you could come and take a, a seat at the table, uh, and there's the mic. To each take a microphone. <clears throat> there's a, a button you can push that will that will turn on the microphone. And if you could all also introduce yourselves, I have two names, and obviously there appear to be more. <laughs> I have Alyssa Stein and Thomas. Um, Rattery. So, if you could introduce yourselves um, for the record, that would be terrific. Thank you. And you'll have seven minutes. Now, <clears throat> you can um,
0: wait. Oh. Don't don't plug anything into the. <laughs> we can. Do you have a presentation that you'd like to share out?
7: We do have a presentation. Um, you, you've seen much of the visual. Uh, I just we
0: we can pause. we're happy to accommodate that yeah. for you, but you can't plug a thumb drive into the computer. but can you <laughs> email that to us and then we can pull it up or is there another way we could perhaps do that? Can we take a, a quick yeah we'll, pause? we'll take a little break. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Okay, we're back live.
1: Thank you. Um, so if you all, I read your names off, but if you could also uh, state your names for the record, uh, that would be great. And then you have seven minutes. Um, might take a little longer, which is okay. <laughs> Not hugely longer, but um, we would be delighted to hear from you. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, Luke O'Boyle, General Manager, Chevy Chase Club.
8: Hi, good evening. Alyssa Stein with HD Traceries.
7: Hi, Tom I'm an architect with
1: DLR Group, Bowie Gridley.
7: Good evening. I'm Charles Abel. I'm the president of the Chevy Chase Club.
1: Thank you very much. Now, we're ready.
8: All right, perfect. Um, oh, okay. Let's maybe this way. Perfect. Um Good evening. We are here tonight to present a concept that includes uh, replacing uh, uh, non-historic windows and doors, constructing a new wood terrace that extends from the existing brick terrace, re-roofing the second floor terraces, replacing existing second floor railings in-kind and installing cable rails to meet code requirements, and replacing and relocating a new rooftop mechanical units, to name just a few of the things that we are going to be discussing tonight. Um, And Tom will discuss the proposal uh, in greater detail in this presentation um, but the overall goal is to continue to allow the club to modernize um, and meet the changing needs of the club members um, so just to orient you uh, the Chevy Chase Club is located in Chevy Chase southwest of the in, on the southwest corner of the Connecticut Avenue and Bradley Lane intersection uh, it, There are several built resources of the club, including the main clubhouse, uh, that are located within the the boundaries of the Chevy Chase Village Historic District, as John discussed. Um, And this evening, the majority of the work, or all of the work, takes place on, on the main clubhouse, and the main clubhouse boundaries are outlined in red. So as staff summarized, uh, the Chevy Chase Club has undergone a number of alterations during its history uh, since its original construction in 1911 um, in order to accommodate club growth and also uh, to meet the changing needs of club members. Um, Staff has gone through in great detail, so I won't repeat, especially given our limited time, but we will go through some historic photos just to illustrate some of the changes. So here's the club in 1913, shortly after its construction. Here in 1919, showing the expanded uh, two-story porch and the rounded bay. Here it is in 1957, just before the completion of the men's card room, which you can see on the right-hand side of your screen. And you can see the original window configuration here. Um, and the top left photograph from 1968 shows that at some point between the completion of the club of the club room and uh, 1968, the windows were replaced to their current configuration. These two other photographs shows the construction of the new north wing as well as that egress stair to the south. And then here are some current uh, photographs again and I will hand it off to Tom
7: Uh, thank you Alyssa so my intent here was to to walk you through the the scope of the work that were planned Um, John really did an excellent job of summing that up so I will not dwell on it too long I will just try to go through uh, expand a little bit where uh, you showed some interest and and had some questions Uh, but please feel free to ask if anything if you'd like me to go deeper into detail on anything Uh, so we show them the club here broken up into a south and a north region North, uh, we're doing very limited work, uh, mostly interior. South is, is where the majority of the exterior work is concentrated, and interior as well. Uh, up, upstairs, John pointed out the uh, changes we are planning to make to the south and the north terrace, um, specifically re-roofing to, to replace some, uh, uh, some, some issues with the waterproofing there. Uh, we are gonna keep the existing Chippendale rails as is, but we are applying this uh, cable rail uh, and forage centers to, to meet uh, current building code. Uh, this is the mechanical equipment that um, Ms. Burt asked about. Uh, it is a new makeup air unit for the new kitchen uh, and an exhaust fan. This is the, the only really portion of our work that could be considered visible from the public way. Uh, here's a view from immediately adjacent to the building. You can see that little notch. Uh, to the left of the, the main building entry that is the little portion of the, the lower roof where these things are located There's an existing Chippendale rail there which partially obscures your view of it um, But really the, the bigger story here is the trees around that almost entirely obscure the view from there uh, But we did do a quick view study here um, You can see when you're close to the building you, you don't see it at all when you get further away uh, specifically for the person on the right who's shown there out at the entry drive of the club Uh, you maybe start to get a hint of the equipment, except that you're almost entirely blocked by the trees, so you really don't get a good view of any of it. Uh, Similarly, on the left side, uh, the west of the building, um, up close, you don't see it at all. As you get deeper into the golf course, uh, you may begin to see it a little bit, but you're pretty well removed. Uh, This is a quick summary of the exterior work that we're planning on. Um, John, again, walked through all of these replacement doors and windows. Uh, around the existing building. This is a look at the, the demo. Uh, one correction, uh, the previous version of this presentation showed us removing a tree to the left of that gray area of path that we we're uh, removing. We we're actually going to, to do everything we can to keep that tree in place, so we shifted the new path so that it avoids it. Uh, so we we're just removing that that 10-inch sweet gum that's noted and, and the 10-inch maple on the existing patio. Uh, one other note is that the the layout of the new terrace is really specifically done to avoid uh, as much damage to the existing trees as possible, specifically this extremely large oak uh, that is tucked right behind the building that's notable in pretty much every, every view from the west side. Uh, these are showing the existing paths that we were removing. Again, that's to A, to, to the stair and um, uh, existing patio up to the upper right-hand side of the screen. That's being removed to allow us to expand the terrace. Uh, we're replacing the the path that leads up to the existing patio to allow for uh, ADA access to the outdoor space. And then here's a quick view of the new plan, again, showing all of the new doors and windows we're planning, the new terrace, the new stair, um, and then the new egress door that is uh, in that hyphen that was mentioned uh, in the locker room. So that that one's being provided to, to meet building code. Uh, and these are the, a quick summary of the changes on the north side. Again, very limited. It's mostly replacing doors and windows in kind uh, and adding a new window where there was once a sort of an, a less than useful sliding door. And here's the new plan. Here's the new pathway that we were talking about. Here's a quick summary of the existing plants uh, the, the Plants that are being removed or relocated, Um, everything that we're replacing them with are are in keeping with with what is currently there. So nothing uh, too out of line there. Um, I'm not going to really dwell on any of these. These are uh, really just showing all the changes that that John summarized. The the new doors and windows and and a look at the details. Um, We've been working with with Marvin Windows for some time now, trying to get the detailing as as close, uh, or at least in keeping with, what is existing? And the new door with a, uh, it's going to take the place of the double doors underneath the overhang. Here's that new door for egress from the men's locker room that we mentioned in that hyphen. And you can see a, another view over here. We're showing the existing door across the way. We mentioned that the new one is, is uh, trying to, to match that. Two new doors at the end of history hallway, again, I'm trying to be in keeping with what's existing. Replacing the fixed windows all the way around the tap and card room, uh, which includes replacing the triple hung with, with fixed windows with just the single upper mullion to, to mimic all the other windows. We, we don't feel that triple hung are really necessary functionally, um, nor are they really, I think they're, they're a little, um, inconsistent with with the look that we are going for and and, and the historic look of the rest of the building. There was a question on the terrace. We are doing it on with this diamond pier system. These are specifically chosen piers that uh, kind of come in with this pronged approach uh, that is meant to avoid tree roots to the extent possible. So again, we are trying for as light of a touch uh, in the installation as possible, as opposed to, say, doing more traditional helical piers, which will take out anything in their path. Uh, Again, we're doing the Chippendale rail to match the existing. We're providing that four-inch cable rail behind, which we feel uh, is is as as invisible as possible uh, while still meeting building code. This is an example of a previous project where we did that. This was for a a private school in Connecticut. But you can see very similar rail, uh, very similar non-conforming rail, uh, where the the aircraft cable is applied behind it. It really falls away. Um, we think it's it's a very effective solution. Proposed window that we discussed. The proposed work on the north side at the um, uh, at this me at this bar area. Uh, again, we are really just replacing things in kind. Uh, and there's a series of renderings here. We don't have to go through all of them. I think. Uh, probably get the idea at this point, but I'm happy to address any questions you may have or happy to cycle through these if you like. Thank
1: you very much. You covered a lot, very short time, thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Any questions? Commissioner Pelletier.
9: Uh, Thank you, you just showed, can you go back a a few, you were showing back, that one, forward. (laughs) Are you adding those windows up above?
7: Oh no, we are not.
9: <laughs> You're not. So those are existing.
7: Those, if those are actually meant to be there, yes, they would be existing. We are not. Okay, so they're just not, not providing anymore. Existing. That okay. seems to be a, a hiccup in our system. Sorry about that.
9: Okay, um, that was one question. Good catch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my oh, there's there are some other inconsistencies on there. There's two doors. On either side, on the new, and there's a window and a door on the existing. But the only thing that you're working on is that.
7: You you are absolutely right. That I cannot explain in those inconsistencies. Okay, that's but, fine. But nothing outside of that little red bubble is proposed.
9: And yeah. my other question is, have you looked at any possible ways of screening that equipment? Because right now, I notice in your diagram, you're showing the sight lines to the top of the railing, mm-hmm. but it's a transparent railing, right? It's just the same railing that you have everywhere else. So really the sight line is from the top of the roof, not the, not three feet up.
7: That's fair. Yeah, the, the, the railing obscures it a bit, but you, right. you are Right. I
9: guess my question is, did you look at anything like leaving the railing, but maybe making it more opaque or something from Connecticut Avenue? I mean, I agree with you that you, I mean, I didn't even know this building was here. That's how, <laughs> like, how many trees there are. But but has, I'd be concerned that you could see something from Connecticut Avenue just driving by, and it's such a beautiful building. Like to have that, you know, the the usual equipment on the roof is a little bit gives me a little bit of heartburn. If there was some some nondescript way of screening that, like putting something opaque behind the railing, I don't know how that would look. But I just is I'm curious if that is anything that you looked into yet
7: it's a good question yes we did um in, in my experience doing a screen like that it, it's often a cure that's worse than the disease yeah you get with this this big massive thing that you know for it to be an effective screen from any, any position ends up being much much larger than what you're actually trying to screen uh so i've not found it to be i mean it's, it's a it's a great solution when it is a uh like an air handling unit sitting alone on a, a naked roof essentially uh here i think that that leaving it and allowing the, the slate roof and the, the Chippendale rail and, and the trees to just kind of gently obscure it, I feel like is, is probably uh, a more impactful solution.
9: And is it the mirror image on the other side of the... So so you have one of those hyphens on both sides of the big entry, and they That's both correct. have the Chippendale railing up at the top. So if you right. made one opaque, and the other one... The other one non-opaque it would sort of look weird
7: so here's a view from from the west side looking back on it so you can see the existing railing uh, in the upper left hand corner of, of the image and then you can see it with the new mechanical unit there so it's the same same railing condition on either side
9: that's from the back
7: this is from the back
9: that's yeah right. I was more concerned about from the front from Connecticut Avenue I'm just curious if you have a symmetrical, I assume it's symmetrical on both sides of the of the big entry. Yeah, I'm looking um, at that.
7: On. I don't know if you I guess you can kind of see yeah, that. So that. We one, are not adding the railing. The railing is existing.
9: Okay, but you don't have that same condition on the other side of the big, I keep wanting hard to, to call see. it it's, a portico, but it's not a portico. It's not a
7: perfectly mirrored building. It's it's similar okay. on both sides, but it, it's not the probably not the
1: exact same condition.
9: Okay, all right, thanks.
1: Commissioner
3: Um To keep beating the issue a little longer, uh, the tree in front of the equipment on Connecticut Avenue, that's a deciduous tree, is but is it full enough just with the branching that in the winter it obscures the equipment as well?
7: That's a good question. Um, I guess I've not done a study of it in the winter. I might ask our guests to, to give any of their observations.
10: Thank you. Um, <clears throat> the trees you see would be in a planting bed in the foreground. <clears throat> there would be an additional planting bed with trees of significant height on Connecticut Avenue. Um, and so from an automobile or even from a position on the opposite sidewalk, you'd be looking through a wall of trees to another planting bed and then up past the rail um, to the equipment, um, depending, on, depending on your angle. So. Um, there are a number of evergreens uh, within that planting bed. I can't speak if the particular tree we see in the image um, is not, but there are a number of uh, magnolias and others uh, in that same planting bed.
3: Yeah, that it should be pretty hard to spot it without standing there looking for it. So, thank you.
10: Commissioner Haynes. Um, I just have two comments. Is, is the existing railing height, does that meet code? On uh, the... On the balconies the balcony, that does, yes it that does it does and if you go scroll back to page 31
7: oops sorry we shifted the order a little bit and the page numbers
10: did not catch up on the proposed elevation second floor i assume that double door to the left of the upper pavilion <laughs> is Not proposed.
7: Again, no. We are not touching touching anything up there. Uh, I apologize for the lag between the existing model and the proposed. There appears to be some layer issue, but no, we are not touching those. We're not. We're not touching any of the doors or windows up on the second level. Very good. Thank
11: you.
1: Any other questions, Commissioner Galway? Thank you, Commissioner
11: Galway. Just a couple questions here. The back to the equipment again. Uh, was there any equipment on that roof? Is there any currently on the roof?
7: There is currently some equipment up there, as well as an exhaust fan. Um, I believe the uh, satellite image that that staff member John showed um, showed a little bit of. The it was hard.
5: Yeah, yeah. I, I pulled that up on on my screen. If you wanna switch over. And to be uh, and just to follow up on some of these questions, when we were out there earlier, what was that in January? you know i i tried to look for any mechanical equipment and there is some mechanical equipment i saw on this satellite view but from the street you really couldn't see anything that's existing up on the roof uh because of all the the trees and uh, you know the, the the railing and just this location and the location seems you know this seems a little bit taller the equipment that's being proposed but it's still about you know and a little bit maybe a little bit more towards the front but you know I, it was it was hard to see anything in those in those spots and that was in you know January thanks
11: and as a follow-up then in terms of your sidelines, the equipment that you're showing in the in the model or in the in the sections is that consistent with something that's been selected at this point or is that an anticipated general height and where I'm going with that is I want want you to be careful that if you end up with a piece of equipment that's twice as high that doesn't reflect the same sideline issue that you have now
7: yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. Um, yes, the, the the models came from the manufacturer, from the selected uh, equipment supplier, so it should be accurate. You know, there's always a little bit of.
11: I'm not talking an inch or two. It's yeah, it's not a, you know ten feet. All right. Um, just out of curiosity, the one door that you're replacing, the double door you're replacing with a single, is there a programmatic reason, and or is there any was there any consideration just to keep the, the double door the way it was?
7: There was consideration. Um, some of the existing doors uh, out to the terrace from the tap and card room have a step. Uh, this is one opportunity where you can get a slope and have it be a reasonable ADA access. Uh, the two, two doors are, I think, a little bit trickier to get through if you're navigating uh, with limited mobility. A single door, a little bit more functional, uh, it's easier for the, the wait staff to work their way in and out. Uh, we just found it to be a more functional solution, and a single door Properly detailed, we think is still in keeping with the architectural style of the rest of the building.
11: Okay, thank you. And last but not least, it, it wasn't a herringbone pattern, but you know, on the new brick on the walkway, the, the new ADA walkway, uh, it looked like I don't know what the pattern exactly was, but uh, are you, is that pattern indicative of uh, the same other brick walkways around the site, or just?
7: It's meant to match the existing okay. brick pattern, yeah. So we, we are removing the existing brick, we're replacing them uh, with, with the existing brick uh, in the, a similar layout.
11: Okay, thank you, that's all.
5: Uh, I'd just like to add also in terms of your questions that for the HOP application we, you know, we would expect those types of details regarding the height of the mechanical equipment, the size of it, the specifications, and so all that would be part of the subsequent application that's actually approved by the HPC.
1: Commissioner Pelletier has another question.
9: Uh, sorry. Um, are you changing any of the masonry openings to, with this this door replacement, like going from the doubles to the singles?
7: We are not changing any of the masonry openings, with okay. the exception of the new egress door that we're adding to the locker room. It's currently a window. We are keeping the uh, you know the window opening the same size. We're keeping the header in the same location, but we need to take out. Right, the but the
9: width of them isn't changing. No, no change in okay. width. Okay, thank you. More questions?
1: Uh, we will begin our deliberation, and uh, let me just tell you, this is uh, this is something we do that I don't. I would like to say it's unique, but it probably isn't. <laughs> uh, we um, we do this. We have preliminary consultation. Uh, we have tremendous, I think, tremendous expertise on this commission. Uh, we will give you what we think uh, where this project uh, will need to be uh, to make it a successful historic area work permit. Uh, you're not required to take our suggestions. Um, usually it's not a bad idea to at least pay attention to them. <laughs> And uh, so we will, we will give you um, our take on this project and uh, look forward to seeing a uh, historic area work permit uh, hopefully fairly soon. Does anyone like to start off here?
2: Commissioner Doman., Yeah, this is Commissioner Dillman. Um I just want to say I, you have an overwhelming amount of information that's been presented. It looks like to me it's been well thought out. It's like you spent a lot of time on this project. I think you've answered our questions appropriately. Um, I, I'm just pleased with the, the amount of detail and the amount of thought that's gone into this project that's come before us and uh, wish you good luck. Thank
10: you. Anyone else? Uh,
1: Commissioner Haynes.
10: Um, I'll second uh, Commissioner Doman's uh, remarks, but also uh, say that in general I, I would support the project as uh, designed and, and illustrated. Um, I think you are <coughs> maintaining the integrity of the design, the original resource design. Um, and I find that the, uh, you know, the massing and scale of the new terrace is appropriately sized. I don't think it, uh, I think it complements uh, the the whole facility nicely. Uh, the Chippendale railing, cable railing ideas also a great way to. Uh, meet the codes without visually impeding the the Chippendale design. Um, And I'm I'm fine with all the fenestration moves that you're making. Um, So I would certainly support the project as submitted.
1: Commissioner Burdett?
3: I can support this hop as well. It's very well done. Um, And invite us out when you're all done. We'd love to take a look at it.
1: like to add to this yes Commissioner Galway Commissioner
11: Galway I'll, I will pile on and say that I think it's you know very well well orchestrated on the documents look very thorough
1: uh, and I can support it as well thank you Commissioner Pelletier do you want to add <laughs> <Might as well.
9: laughs> I second everything everybody else <laughs> yeah
1: I do too I, I just uh, one thing I would like to add though um, I think the staff uh, pointed out some issues that need a little bit more information, um, and reading through them, I think they're reasonable, and uh, I think it would be very good to pay attention to the additional the additional requests that they had for information for the hop. But I think it's a very good project. I live not too far away, go by there frequently, um, and I just I think I think you're really really on the right track. This is this these are one of the these are the types of projects we like to see. <laughs> So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much.
9: Oh, I had one well, more question. Uh-oh.
1: Wait, <laughs> no, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa,
7: whoa. I
9: already said it would support it, but I'm just curious about something.
1: Actually, Am actually, I not allowed to do that? Yeah, I think we're, we're finished with this one. Thank I'll you. I'll ask them later. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fine. Thank you. Our next project is number 2B at 7216 Maple Avenue in Tacoma Park. And I have two names here, uh, Maria Wright and Marissa Walker. But first of all, uh, I'd be- we'll like to have a staffer.
5: Okay, so this is uh, 7216 uh, Maple Avenue in Tacoma Park. Uh, The house, uh, the Dutch colonial styled house was constructed in 1924. The house is a contributing resource so that it's Tacoma Park Historic District. Uh, The standards of review are chapter 24A, the Tacoma Park Design Guidelines, and the Secretary of the Interior Standards for Rehabilitation. I was on the wrong slide before. Uh, Here's a locational map. Just to orient ourselves, it's on the west side of Maple Avenue. The proposal uh, calls for the demolition of a one story non historic rear addition built in 1989 or thereabout, and the construction of a new two story rear addition on the back of the building. Uh, The Dutch colonial house, again, was built in 1924. Uh, The wood frame is wrapped presently with vinyl siding and it's capped with a side gambrel roof with shed dormers. As shown on the sandboard, the footprint of the form of the building has remained generally intact. Uh, Alterations include a second story added to the southern wing uh, here, and that addition in 1989, that's on the back of the building. Uh, Here are the views from the north and south of the building, Uh, looking from the sidewalk towards the rear of the property. You can see that 1989 addition But really, the rear yard from the other side of the house is mostly obscured by this uh, two-story wing. Here are the present-day views of the back of the property. Uh, Here's the 1989 addition again, and the uh, shed dormer on the back of the side of Gambrel, main part of the building. And this is the addition that's proposed to be demolished. Uh, Here is a site plan and first floor plan to show you the overall scope and scale of the project. Uh, the depth of the existing house is about 25 feet nine inches and the proposed addition is 31 feet six inches. Uh, you have uh, here, um, the addition consists of a hyphen that connects the historic house to a new side gambrel section uh, with shed dormers. Uh, the addition's ridge is five feet three inches below the ridge of the existing house. Uh, the hyphen features cementitious fiberboard siding and board and batten. Uh, the hyphen and the side gable side gambrel addition features the cementitious fiberboard siding and the board and batten siding. uh you have the board and batten on the hyphen and the smooth cementitious fiberboard on that side gabrel, side gambrel addition uh here is the north elevation uh, it's set back about 14 feet from the face of the historic house uh fenestration consists of uh, sliding glass doors and four over four double hung aluminum clad wood windows set over uh, four light fixed windows and there's a flagstone steps that access a uh, wood landing. Uh, of no, known uh, just on the drawings, uh, some of these windows are actually not four over four on the existing house. Uh, these on the side are actually six over six. And, um, but the four over four window is still seen on that wing on the, on the uh, street facing side and on the rear. And so it's still, you know, the four over four windows they're proposing still relate to the historic house on the back of the addition you have uh, sliding glass doors and a casement windows in the shed dormer and here on the uh, new north elevation uh, which will be visible uh, from the public right-of-way partially uh the continuation of the discussed materials uh fame and fenestration uh, again the board and bat, bat and hyphen um So overall, with respect to the preservation approach, uh, the architect selected a literal replication of the historic house with respect to form that is connected by a hyphen. Uh, this prioritizes compatibility over differentiation. And so you have this smaller scale side gambrel addition with shed dormers that connects to a larger side gambrel house, historic house, which shed dormers. Uh, the approach is compatible due to the use of the hyphen and the different scales. Uh, When you choose literal replication, this often requires the addition to be smaller when compared to the historic house, which was accomplished by the lower ridge line and the overall massing. Uh, So the addition does not overwhelm the historic house or the district. Uh, One of the staff's concerns is the north elevation. Uh, The HPC generally requires additions to be inset at least one foot uh, here compared to the six inches shown in the proposal. additional setback would provide greater relief and limit visibility uh, from the public rights away. Uh, There also needs to be additional detail potentially about the connection between that shed uh, dormer here and the new addition, uh, particularly with how it interacts uh, if you were to push it back a little bit further. Uh, There could be some type of awkward transition potentially that should be explored. Uh, Here is a rendering they provided uh, that shows what an individual would see uh, from the street. Uh, it's clear that you can see some of the um the hyphen but there's really limited visibility of of most of the addition Uh, and i think if you set that addition back a little bit farther it would even uh, limit visibility more so staff findings overall the uh, demolition of the non-historic rear addition is consistent with the applicable guidelines the concept scale and massing is consistent with the applicable guidelines as well Again, the literal replication of the historic house connected by a hyphen uh, prioritizes compatibility and the project is successful, successful due to the smaller scale or ridge line in the use of the hyphen. Uh, the addition will not overwhelm the character of the house or district. And again, we recommend that the inset on the north elevation be increased to at least one foot. Uh, the design of the addition is compatible with the house. The proposed windows recall the design and fenestration patterns and the sliding glass doors and flagstone steps wouldn't even be visible from the public right away. Uh, the materials are compatible with the historic house and surrounding district. Uh, the HPC regularly approves aluminum cladwood windows and doors, cementitious fiberboard siding, and cellular PVC trim on additions. Uh, the board and baton siding differentiates the height from, from the historic house and serves as a transition to the side gambrel addition. Uh, one part that we did bring up in the staff report is the exposure of the cementitious fiberboard siding on the side gambrel addition doesn't need to match the existing vinyl siding which is a non-historic material um, uh, this is a point of uh, discussion that perhaps the hbc would like to touch upon and lastly the staff report uh, discusses that uh, there should be a tree impact assessment done and a protection plan when filing for a historic area work permit uh, the root zone for tree b will be within the limit of disturbance as shown on their site plan so staff requests HPC feedback on the appropriateness of the concept, scale, design, and materials of the addition, uh, the appropriate inset of the addition on the north elevation, and what a compatible setback from the historic house should be. And lastly, uh, if there are any comments on the exposure of the proposed cementitious fiberboard siding on the side gambrel addition with, um, in relation to the, what the exposure should uh, would be appropriate for the house. All right, any questions?
1: Any questions for staff? okay thank you Um, now I'm sorry I called you up so soon I got a little bit a little bit a little bit anxious here Uh, but uh, we have Maria Wright and Marissa Walker so if you also could state your name for the record that would be helpful and you'll have seven minutes
8: hi I'm Maria Wright I'm the architectural designer for this project I don't have much to add to the staff report. I'm in agreement with um, how John characterized the concept. And um, I'm here just to take direct questions from the staff.
12: I'm Marissa Walker. And uh, I'm the homeowner, my husband and I. Um, I don't have much to add. But I can tell you about myself and my family briefly. We just moved in this Monday and love the house and love the neighborhood. We moved from a few half a mile up Maple Avenue on Sherman Avenue. Um, I have three kids. And we are just very much looking forward to living in the house. And we love the look of the outside and the front and love the old part of the house, pretty much exactly as it is, just want a little more space. Um, And uh, I really appreciate you taking all this time (laughs) on my family's home. Happy to answer any questions.
1: Any questions? You? Commissioner Haynes.
10: Um, Well, overall, I like the concept, the the direction of the concept. Um, The um, staff mentioned the 12-inch offset on the um, um, first floor, uh, uh, um, hyphen to the main house. I think that could be achieved if on the second floor, where the uh, addition meets the existing dormer, the existing wall is proud of the existing dormer and appears to be about six inches. And I was wondering, can the entire second floor just shift over to align um, with the the, the new wall and the uh, dormer wall aligning new and existing aligning and um, um, with using vertical trim to um, (coughs) transition the two materials and then that would result um, I believe on the first floor um, would move in six inches and you'd have your your 12 inches it seems like that is an achievable uh, solution Um, you might have to steal a few inches out of your the width of your kitchen to make that all work, but uh, it seems like that would affect the function of your first floor kitchen and the circulation and so forth. Um, but, but in general, I think the massing works well. It certainly um, uh, respects the original home form and massing. Um, I think the material choices are, are nice as well although I'd like to see the vinyl siding replaced myself if it was in the budget on the on the original house. I'm sure it wasn't originally vinyl, obviously. And uh, it would be wonderful to have the entire uh, uh, skin of the, the house uh, match, both uh, old and new. That's all.
2: Commissioner Doman. Yes, Commissioner Doman. Um, I just... Uh, support what Commissioner Haynes has said. I think you hit all the necessary things about the size and the massing, the lower ridge line of the new addition, uh, the repetition of the gamble roofs, I like that. Uh, the comment that was made by staff about possibly moving that hyphen in a foot, I think is inappropriate. I think that should be easily handled. Um, without, I think it actually work better if you move it in a little bit. I think that would be great. I. I support this. I think you've done a lot of good homework on this. And I'm curious, um the homeowners moved in already?
12: We just moved in on Monday.
2: And you are <laughs> ready to undertake a major remodeling in a new house, right? So yes. you're going to put up with dust well, and, and disruption of the kitchen lot. and you won't have a yes. kitchen for quite a while, it looks like.
12: We're hoping to get the timing just right, and of course that won't work <laughs> out, but um I just wanted to prioritize trying to sell our previous house um, at a time in the spring market. And so we moved in, and we'll hopefully be able to keep a lot in boxes and um, make it work. Good luck to you. Thank you.
2: Any other
1: questions? Commissioner Pelletier.
9: What is the distance, maybe it's on here, the distance between the corner of the garage and the corner of the new family room? I'm sorry.
12: 10 feet? feet. It's about 10 feet, feet. sorry. Okay. Okay. It doesn't work as a garage as such because the driveway is very narrow passing by the sunroom. So what we hope to create is a sort of courtyard um, social space, where uh, right now there's a chain link fence that kind of cuts in half okay. that area, and if we take out that chain link fence and right and um, have those stairs coming down from the sliding doors, it'd be sort of a natural place to have outdoor gatherings, you know. Um, and use the—it's really a—it's a garage, but you couldn't get a car in there. We don't intend to use it that way. So maybe, you know, having it open, having the kids hang out in there with their friends while the grown-ups are in the main house.
9: Yeah, you could put a smart car through there. <laughs> a smart car. Um, or a, okay. A yeah, Vespa. that's fine. I—I I was just trying to I appreciate everything. Like all the three D stuff that's in here is really helpful. Um, so i was just more curious about that because it it's it's a bit close but it's not an issue it's just a question (laughs) thank you
1: any other questions if not i think i actually will start this one off um you know when i saw the picture of this i almost cried because i had a house in oregon in salem oregon it was a side-by-side duplex that is virtually identical to this, and I miss that house so much. <laughs> so I had I had a special feeling for this, um, and I I think uh, I agree with uh, with my colleagues. I think you're really on the right track. I think you're doing uh, a very sympathetic addition to the house. Um, there were some questions that were raised by by staff and by my colleagues that I think uh, you should be able to address fairly easily. But I think you have a good project. And we're looking forward to seeing the historic area work permit very soon, so that you can get going on this. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Anyone else?
3: Oh, I will. This Commissioner is Burdett. Is, yeah, Commissioner Burdett. And I can agree with everything. It's it's really a very nice project. We get a lot of additions that are master suites with kitchens, and usually it ends up being the tail wagging the dog of the house. Um, and this is if more projects came through like this, where it was just perfectly scaled and very sympathetic to the original house, we would be so much happier as a commission. Um, so yes, I fully support this hop. I do think you do need to work on that one little corner spot there, but other than that, good luck with this. I really look forward to seeing the completion when you're done. Um, and when you are done and it's beautiful, you can get an award for it in this in this county. By the way, so in in two years, make sure you he, you remember that.
1: Commissioner Commissioner Galway, Commissioner Galway,
11: um, thank you for getting rid of the rear addition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can certainly that. support your uh, your d- direction of your of your plan.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Look forward to seeing this one. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good luck.
12: Thanks. If you'd like to see the inside of the 1989 edition, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's all you. Uh, I, I think we <laughs> can.
12: And the pipes first. We might be able to Christmas pass Day, on that. So. Thank you. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot it was. Okay. Our next project is. Let me get my um, number two C at 10210 Montgomery Avenue in Kensington. Is there
4: a staff report? Uh, There will be in just one second, Mr. Chair. This is the staff presentation for uh, tonight's 2C, which is 10212 Montgomery Avenue in Kensington. Um, This is... Um, it's, it's the Warner Manor or Warner Mansion, uh, constructed circa 1890 with a 1910 carriage house. It is a primary one resource listed to the Kensington Historic District, um, not an individually listed master plan site. And the proposal is for a comprehensive rehabilitation with partial demolition, um, a building addition, and then additional site work required to make this work um, as multifamily housing. So again, uh, this is to be reviewed under 24A8, the Kensington Master Plan Amendment, including the Vision of Kensington, and the Secretary of the Interior's Standards for Rehabilitation, specifically Standards 2, 9, and 10, and I have the full text of those at the end if you need to refer back to those. So um, just briefly, a walk around the house. Uh, This is the front, uh, the north elevation. We're walking around to the left. Here's the rear, there was a non-historic addition we'll talk about shortly. Um, And then this is looking up from uh, the circle itself. You can see the carriage house there on the right. And then the carriage house walking around. So again, this was um, constructed by Brainerd Warner, the founder of Kensington, as a summer house. It served as an assisted living facility with a very large addition uh, for the latter part of the 20th century and the beginning of the 21st century. And the historic house hasn't been put to use since its ownership was transferred to Montgomery Parks um, within the last decade. So what you see uh, on the left is actually the first Sanborn map of Kensington that shows uh, Warner Manor. Um, And then what you see on the right is the 1963 Sanborn map with uh, the uh, uh, quite large addition um, in in blue projecting to the south. Uh, I do have some photos of that addition, which are not included here, but we'll be back for other preliminary consultations and we can bring those back. So the site is currently owned by Montgomery Parks, um, and it's also held under an easement, which the Maryland Historical Trust sees. Um, This is all part of parks preparing to sell the property uh, to the applicant and um, some of what is still being worked out are the exact boundaries of the the part of the property to be sold uh, because parks will retain ownership of the remainder of the circle. Um, Also, a bill is currently in committee at the General Assembly to extinguish the easement. Um, The easement was for exterior and interior um, and extinguishing the easement will make the rehabilitation uh, much more feasible from uh, the interior. Uh, archaeology was has been completed. Um, the, the parks and um, planning archaeologists continue to communicate, and there were potentially three significant features, including sections of historic curbing, A mound corresponding to a possible previous structure and a well or cistern on the south side of the carriage house. And those items were included in the archeology span report, which was included in the staff report, but uh, the filled-in depression there. uh, We have the historic curb and the brick feature there. So, the applicant proposes to construct 17 market-rate condominium units within the mansion, carriage, house, and proposed building addition. And um, again, the, the focus of this preliminary consultation is sort of overall size, scale, ma- and massing of the addition and proposed site work, so we can address specific material preservation and, and um, design details in a separate preliminary consultation. Um, the proposed rear addition measures um, about 35 feet by 50, um, we do have annotated drawings that we just received today um, and will extend off of the, the modified L and additional hardscaping is required to satisfy parking minimums and to meet current safety code. Um, uh, width of, of roads is, is required to um, get fire trucks in and, and that's one of the primary drivers of widening some of those paths. So again, uh, walking through, this is the, the basement floor plan, but the addition uh, is the same size in the first and second floor. You see the historic building here. And then um, it, to connect the, the historic building to the addition, the applicant proposes to construct a glass hyphen. It is a much, small, a much smaller expression on the western elevation On the eastern elevation, they're getting a a hallway on the first and second floor, so more of that will be expressed. uh, And they're also using the hyphen for for circulation inside the building, uh, which is also shown in the floor plans. Um, Again, site work includes expanding the parking areas required for um, each individual unit, widening the driveways for emergency vehicle requirement, and uh, stormwater management through dry wells and bioretention and bioswales. Um, Parks had a, a number of comments and they're still working with the applicant. Uh, you know, the, their objectives are to um, reduce the number of parking spaces if possible. Um, uh, parking on the east, east side of the mansion, um, potentially changing the, the layout to um, head in off of the loop road. Um, moving the trash and recycling area closer to the entrance of Montgomery Avenue. Um, only widen where necessary to achieve the fire access requirements. Um, reduce the size of the stormwater management features. That'll be based on um, the total size of, of the impervious surface as well. So some of that is, is all in flux. Um, uh, adjust the limits of disturbance, which you see marked here uh, to avoid mature trees, and then continue to coordinate with the archeological report findings um, and adjust if if required. So again, uh, tonight's request is for HBC feedback on the placement of the proposed addition, the size and massing of the proposed addition, and any other comments about the proposed addition. Um, also, staff request feedback on the placement and size of the proposed parking areas, the appropriateness of the asphalt and concrete and paved areas, and any other comments regarding uh, hardscaping. And I will answer any questions that you have. Again, we can go back to to floor plans if if you're at all interested. um, And I'll answer any questions.
1: Any questions for staff? I do. Commissioner Doman.
2: Yeah, I'm... uh... Not exactly familiar with um, the um, Maryland Historical Trust, but as it stands right now, the interior and the exterior is protected. that It cannot be changed. Is that how it, how it is? It's not that it can't be changed. It is um, the way the easement
4: was drafted. It, it identified specific areas um, and, and sort of identified on a hierarchy which needed to be preserved um, to the greatest degree in which one's allowed for more flexibility, um, regardless, I mean, we're, we're proceeding as though that easement doesn't exist, because there, it, it is in the process of being extinguished, um, and if it's not there, then we don't have to worry about those interior constraints in, in this project. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 would all, I would point out that um, there is, specifically, the, the front historic entrance is identified in the floor plans, sorry, let me get to the, the first floor plan, um, as the lobby slash museum. So the original staircase is being preserved. You can see that you know some of the historic fireplaces are being preserved, both in public spaces and in units. Um, so, so there certainly is interior preservation occurring. Um, it's just not being reviewed and approved by the, the Maryland Historical Trust Easement Committee before coming to the
2: HPC, yeah, yeah. Obviously, if it's if the easement isn't relinquished, there's no project on on that I can see. Um, is there a requirement? F- this is going to be in the 17 condo units. Um, is there a? And this is not necessarily historic preservation, but is does the applicant have to have so many parking spots per? apartment or per condo is it like two spots are required i mean because the the, how much space is taken up by parking is going to be significant here it seems to me so parking minimums are
4: established in the zoning ordinance so it's based on calculations i'm sure the applicant could get into um beyond simply units proposed um but that's that's where we're um you know, additional parking is is partially driven by by that requirement.
2: Is the that's a different question. Is the carriage house also under the uh, historic trust? Yes, that's but again, awesome.
4: but again, it will be extinguished. So we're proceeding as though it does not exist.
2: Okay, and the building is empty right now. Do you know how long it was empty? Um, it's been empty since at least two thousand twelve, right?
4: Is is it, is it older? I'm, I'm I'm looking at the applicant and, and we have a representative from. Sorry, okay,
2: okay. Well, my comment is is that there's I don't know, it, the longer a piece of property is empty, the more likely that vandalism can occur and other things can happen to the property. So.
0: Just to note, this is Rebecca Ballow for the record, the property has been continuously maintained by the Montgomery County Parks Department and their staff, and it is in the middle of Kensington, the Town of Kensington, the Friends of Warner Circle. There is is great interest in, um, you know, in monitoring and protecting this property in, in perpetuity, and to my knowledge there have not been any issues, but if you have any questions you can direct that specifically to the applicant or to the park staff who are here tonight to answer those questions.
2: Okay, thank you. So. Commissioner
1: Pelletier. Uh,
9: just to, um, uh, the easement thing, is the whole thing being expunged or just the interior? So the exterior, there's no?
4: So the, the whole easement is, is, it's basically like the easement doesn't exist anymore.
9: Okay, does that create limitations for what restoration can happen or like could they knock it down like what <laughs> no, well, no no because
4: all of the work requires a hop so oh,
9: okay so
4: okay the the work um if the easement were were to exist all of the work would need to be reviewed and approved by, by the, the easement Maryland committee Trust. yes before yeah. before they would need to review it and approve it before we'd even bring it to you so um that's that's why i, I point out that we're bringing this forward as though the easement okay. has already been extinguished because the HPC is, is the body that's responsible for reviewing it and the Maryland Historical Trust has nothing to do with it and at this do
9: point. They, uh, like, are the chances of it getting extinguished good?
0: I, I would say they, <laughs> they are. It is supported by our agency. We've had discussions with the Maryland Historical Trust about this, about, okay. you know, with um, with our legislative team, you know, supporting this bill that's moving through. As a way, just some very brief background. It it has been standard practice for a lot of cases where there is a bond bill or other money that comes from the state for historic preservation that an easement that is managed by the Maryland Historical Trust tends to be attached to right. those dollars. Yeah. Um, the state has been reviewing the efficacy of that policy, in particular where there are some redundancies in the system this is a designated historic district with all alterations under review and the purview of the historic preservation commission other easements that are managed by the state may not have that level of local regulation in place so for this project all involved seem to think that the property would be well and adequately reviewed and cared for without the additional layer of the easement review which is why we're Moving forward. It. The timing is a little interesting with it and the development project moving forward, which if you have specific questions about that, can ask the applicant or the park
9: staff. No, but that's we, fine. You yeah, actually answered my question. We all support this. Okay, all right, cool. Great. That's it.
1: Other questions for staff? Okay. If not, I would invite the owner and representative. I have several names. Elizabeth Baer. Daniel Eichner and Richard Batulio.
0: No, I'm I'm sorry. We must not have um, put. Okay, that well, that's what I have. We. Why don't we ask the applicant to introduce himself? Yeah, we about, also have the representatives about, um, from from Kensington <laughs> and the Parks Department to come yes. forward.
1: Yes. Anybody who is with this project, <laughs> if you can come up, to, yes. Okay. Yeah, did you could turn on your, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just no. going by what I have here, and I apologize. No, okay, sorry, so that, again, that was again, our,
13: our error. Carl, Carl Vogelmeyer, I'm the applicant and the uh, person responsible for this application.
1: Okay, terrific. Um, can, and um, you can have seven minutes to explain this or answer questions, whatever your preference.
13: Sure. Uh, um, I'll quickly explain what we're trying to, to do here. Uh, you know, I was approached four years ago by parks to take this building and turn it into something uh, that will last another 100 years. Uh, We've had experience at the National Park Seminary. Recently, we did the gymnasium that was incredibly successful. And those were 12 units. uh, And we worked very closely with MHT on that and also um, uh, HPC. We then uh, moved into the power plant, uh, which is a power plant, a, a firehouse, and a music hall. Which was another 14 units with a parking garage underneath that space, so there wasn't a lot of surface parking on that. Uh, you know, in this uh, situation, we're trying to add a, a relatively small addition uh, to make it, uh, you know, financially viable and feasible for the entire project. I think there are 24 spaces currently on the sp- on the site, not legal spaces, but. Um, there will be i think 32 spaces for one bedroom units you would want 1.25 spaces for a two point a two bedroom unit i think it's 1.75 i may be misquoting that but we clearly want to have as little spaces as possible we also it's an historic structure um we do want to have an ada compliance entrance and so forth to it we build these buildings to last for 100 years i mean currently we're You know not being sued by anybody that we've sold to Uh, and it's a very difficult situation to be in but you know the idea is to make sure that this building can handle a a hurricane or you know high force winds and um, you know the beauty of this project is that the uh, mayor and the friends of Warner Circle support this uh, primarily because Um, you know there will be usage of the spaces in the carriage house in the right hand side there will be a fitness center that will be for the residents but for six to eight times a year the uh, community will be able to use the fitness center for a recreation center furthermore the mansion uh, will have a museum that will be an interpretive uh, museum um, of the town of Kensington and we'll be using some of the artwork and some of the maps and prints uh, to um, to uh, use in the museum, and that also will be open uh, during the park events. And there's quite a few park events: uh, opera in the park, a pumpkin roll that I was in- invited to recently, and uh, I wasn't rolled; they just actually let me let me uh, attend. And um, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, a jewel of a, of a space. I, I'm a uh, you know, I've got a couple of hats that I wear. I'm a professor at Georgetown. I teach real estate development. Uh, they came and found me because of the gymnasium project. Um, you know, furthermore, I only do one large development at a time. I mean, this will be my main focus. Um, I run a construction company to uh, pay the bills. Um, you know, building additions and various things under the name of a company called Washington Landmark Construction. This will be an LLC that um, will be named Warner, well, it's already named and created, Warner uh, Circle Mansion Condominiums, LLC. Um, we plan to use many of the materials that are shown um, as historical features uh, in totality. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is Maryland Historical Trust is um, Again, I've worked with them fairly closely. The application on this was over a thousand pages for interior and exterior. Uh, we've moved it back to 350 pages for the exterior. I mean, there's many, many, many details, and we try to you know, go through them very, very closely with um, the parties that are reviewing them. And um, you know, there, there's there's not a right way to renovate exactly this can this building and repurpose it into Um, homes without changing some aspects of the building namely sound retention between the two units uh, floor and walls for instance and you know life safety is incredibly important Uh, we will need to make a small um, uh, exterior change to create a second means of egress there will be an elevator there will be an ADA compliance uh, space um, in at least one of the units. Um, and we're trying to think a little bit into the, the future by uh, adding uh, electric car chargers, for instance. I think there will be six spaces that would have the ability to be an electric car charger. Also, I mean, getting into the details, but it would be also uh, used as, like, visitor parking at the same time. Uh, furthermore, there's talk about allowing us to use a uh, solar panel on the backside of the um, of the um, uh, carriage house, which faces due south. And, you know, it's pretty interesting that I'm a developer and, you know, Bernard Warner was from R Street in Washington, D.C., and he moved up to, to build this incredible home that was way ahead of its time in the regard of You know, the air features and the ability to cool his family is one of the reasons he probably moved out to Kensington. And, you know, allowing me to come in to be a developer and to turn the building into something that's going to last for another hundred years. And I'm going to emphasize that uh, the details that we're going to be putting into the building will still include um, slate, for instance, but it would include copper flashing. You know, we are planning on putting all, uh, sorry, keeping all of the historical windows on the first floor completely um, that aren't in bedrooms. You know, there there are egress um, needs uh, for bedrooms, and that would really be more on the second floor and third floor. And we're working on elevations and so forth. You've seen some of the sketches. We've, We've had three different architects working on sketches, and, you know, they still are working with us and um, you know we're looking forward to finalizing that uh, that product that's i think
1: thank you any questions commissioner burdett
3: um can you speak to the hyphen and the materials the sketches don't do it justice it looks a little corporate looking yeah and so what what is the intent on the appearance of that and knowing that inside that glass is a pretty plain wall, corridor wall.
13: Sure. Um, it is obviously to connect the two buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still playing around with angles and straight glass enclosure. Um, we believe that if you're looking from the outside in the courtyard through the glass hyphen, you'll be able to see the historic structure through through that. Um, we also have inherited drawings from previous concept plan, which was to be, I think, back in the day, something for parks to use Mm -hmm. uh, as administrative offices. Um, And the hyphen is really more um, along the lines of um, coordinating what we saw previously and what was approved with what we're trying to do today. Uh, The material would mainly be anodized uh, (coughs) aluminum in all Mm -hmm. probability. Uh, with glass, um, you know, as little wood, you know, on the outside mm-hmm. in the sense of maintenance as is, is, is possible.
3: Uh, I think the profile is going to be pretty critical sure. on that. Um, and one other thing I noticed, and this is on the interior, which really isn't us, but it might cause a problem, is in, least, in two units you're showing spiral staircases going down. I'm
13: sorry. Th- those have been t- taken out. Good, because yeah, they're welcome. not allowed
3: anymore. No, okay. no, no,
13: no, they were taken out. And I'm not sure if they're shown in the basement floor, but we do have duplexes specifically utilizing the lower level mm-hmm. uh, of the units on the first floor of the main home.
3: Okay, just so it's not the spiral yeah. things. Okay, thank you very much.
2: Any other questions? I like Commissioner Doman? Yes, <laughs> Commissioner Doman. I have to hand it to you. This is one really big undertaking, this project here. It's it's huge. I I did go out to see the house. I did walk around the house. I did um, walk the grounds and walk the property. Um, from what I could see by looking in the windows, there's a lot of deterioration of the inside. I mean, when you look in the main front door, the ceiling is falling down. There's, it still has remnants of the like an old hospital or something, it used to be in the admissions office or something. Um, have you, I mean, you're going to you're going to change a lot of the floor plan. How about, have you looked at, I assume you must have, but uh, the structures of this, how is it framed? Is it balloon framing? Is it, are you going to get into something that you can't see because you got siding on the outside, you got plaster on the inside? Do you know what, what your walls look like?
13: Yeah, I mean, it's a, very good question. Uh, the answer is I don't have x-ray vision. Uh, but with that said, I mean, we do plan to identify and and repair and repurpose every square inch of the building. Uh, I would imagine there's a lot of dry rot behind uh, some of the plaster, of course. Um, we will be sistering most of the joists, not removing them if possible, to make ceilings level and walls level. Um, Furthermore, we believe that if we are sistering all the exterior walls, we're gonna create a a, a significant stronger building. Um, We do plan to reuse all of the full siding, but remove it and specifically put in uh, sheathing and so forth that is waterproof. Again, when it rains, we can't have people on the third floor complaining to the people on the second floor that their windows are closed and the water is coming through, um, and um, yeah, I the the, the 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 envelope of the building will be fully reviewed as well. Um, we do believe that the turret can be fully saved. The the turret, oh, the, turret um, yeah. of the uh, uh, slate turret. I mean, I think it's in good shape. It's a shame that the slate needs to be redone so soon, uh, primarily because of the. Uh, the flashing that's rusted and that's where you're seeing some of the water getting into the building. But parks have done a good job in the sense of maintaining it. For instance, the, the, the full ceiling that you saw in the front door that was, you know, fallen through has, has been uh, rectified in the sense of the leak that was above. Um, and that's mainly maintenance. I mean, I'm sure it had something to do with a, a roof drain that was uh, never cleaned prior to them taking uh, ownership of the building. Do
2: you plan, if I, if I read this correctly, you plan to re- refurbish the original windows on the first floor?
13: Yeah, that's right. And we've done that before at the gymnasium project uh, in which we take the windows out, we strip the windows, we repaint them three times. It should give us about a 25 year length of time of use of that of that window if it's done right, and then to maintain an energy conservation um, quotient, if you will, we, we would have a single pane uh, of uh, a plex plexa, uh, lexan on the inside that can be removed and cleaned and so forth. Those windows probably would not be operable.
2: Yeah, when I was walking around, the sills... I mean, a lot of the paint is peeled back, you have exposed wood, the water can get into the sills and for some of the um the horizontal trim around is very badly deteriorated, but I guess you know all that and
13: yeah no i mean yeah. it, it, you know in in places it's 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 worse i mean depending north side south side of the building
2: is your intent to Remove all the siding then and put up sheathing and then an insulation between in your walls when you do that.
13: Yeah, uh, these are all excellent questions. Specifically, our plan will be to remove the siding to put a a water
2: uh, rain screen.
13: Sorry, a moisture barrier that is breathable that uh, will be now between the siding uh, and the sheathing itself. We don't know what the condition of the sheathing is, but. Presumably, it's in fairly decent shape. Um, yeah, exactly.
2: I don't know. Well, in, in the write-up on it, when you're talking about the window siding and shingles, um, I read this. I found it very interesting because I have done a lot of historic carpentry work. Um, but some of the write-up is done in a first-person, like I make them. It, who... who who wrote all this? Did you write this? Is this your
13: possibly? I mean, my staff well, when and I have been working on this. It's written
2: in the first person, like I did this. I here's here's how I. Are you the person that is the
13: the I, I, individual I, that I we're am. talking about? <laughs> I, I am.
2: Good. Okay. Well, you understand things very well. Okay. All
1: right, good. Questions. Thank
2: you. No,
11: you're
1: Commissioner Galway.
11: Commissioner Galway, um, uh, question about the HVAC equipment. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. With the peaked roofs that you have, you have very little, if any opportunity it's, it appears anyway to put the condensing units and so forth on the roof. What do you have a plan on on how to hide that? So oh, yeah
13: they're all that's very important to us. I mean, we would like to have most, if not all, of the air conditioning units below grade. Um, there is a mechanical vault that should be able to, take, I'm guessing for the moment here, eight of the, just stay with the, um, uh, the mansion um, which would be 15 units, but there won't be just 15 HVAC units, there'll probably be 18 HVAC units, and we will probably be using a, a, a heat pump system. There'll be no gas to this building. Um, for instance, the lower levels on the first floor, there are egressible um, windows that we will be creating areaways. And then all probability, one per unit could be put into those spaces. Um, again, I mentioned the mechanical vault. The addition area, uh, it has a uh, a grade change, which we will put the units themselves into the areaway of the um of the uh, lower levels, uh, you know, I wish I had an answer for every one of those. I mean, we do plan to use the highest efficiency technology. I mean, a, a not you know, but a Bosch system with all of the ductwork and so forth over bathrooms and kitchens, supplying the different spaces. There are cassette units we're going to be using in the ceilings and also wall units, but it is it is a very important aspect. We haven't got every uh, note on the exterior uh, survey of the land that we're supposedly controlling, if you will. Uh, if you can imagine a six-foot barrier all around the build, each building would con- uh, would constitute two of the uh, lots, and then the third lot would be the full, the full park itself. Uh, with that said. We will be working with the landscape architects to clearly uh, <coughs> create some sort of visible difference between where the units go and, uh, and what the public will see.
1: Thank you. Commissioner Pelletier.
9: Um, I don't know. You're just talking about the land. Would you have enough land to do geothermal?
13: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I have done geothermal in Bethesda previously. Uh, there is issues with that uh, that run into expense. Well, of it course. It also <laughs> runs into how many wells would need to be drilled, and specifically if you can imagine the drill bit going outside the six-foot Uh, uh Well, that was
9: my question of yeah. your limited. Like, you have, I see all this green space on the – on the the site plan, but I just wonder how much of it you would have access to for that. It would just be really nice to not see any condensers. Uh, I I
13: like the idea, and I've built houses where that is the case. Um, It's something that we can definitely look into. I mean, we're not using some person in a van in a pickup truck. We'll probably be using a Harvey (laughs) Harvey Hoddle, for instance. Um, They're the ones who are looking at the project pretty closely. Um you know, the, the, if there's a will, there's a way. I'm not sure if it is fully feasible. Yeah. Um, okay.
9: Uh, that was it.
1: Thank you. I
2: get... One more question?
9: <laughs>
1: Mr. Doman.
2: <clears throat> um, this is a little bit off of... Um HPC, but um, you're gonna make, or the proposal is 17, you call it, market value condominiums in here. Has anybody approached you about making um, affordable housing tagged into this also, making a couple units also, being affordable housing units, that's my question.
13: Uh, I'm not opposed to affordable housing, and I, in my past, worked for MANA, Arch Housing, wish when I worked for a large developer and I brought that skill set to those projects. I- I'm not sure this is, I mean, this is a very, very difficult project to to say sorry to people that aren't as well off as myself. Um, we're looking for a percentage of uh, internal rate of return that justifies this project with my uh, bank. And, you know, it's getting harder and harder to justify projects like this with interest rates going north. I was hoping that they would remain same today. But, you know, the reality is it may not be until the end of September that we would be getting a building permit, for instance, and we're not sure of that. I mean, the units aren't incredibly overpriced, for instance. I mean, I do think that the community will be not Static, but I mean, there. You know, I mean, I have a pricing list. If you were interested in looking at that, but you know, the the fact of the matter is, um, you know, they're, they're, they're units that are four hundred thousand dollars to seven hundred thousand. It sounds like a lot of money, but to live in a mansion and to have a park as your your view, as your you know, either most of my clients are either um, empty nesters or just starting out. And it's a pretty neat mix, the old people meeting the new people you know, in, in the community. So I wish I had a, a better answer for that.
1: Thank you. If there are no more questions, um, if you could step back for a minute, maybe take a seat right there. We have two uh, people who'd like to testify, Helen Wilkes and Scott Whipple. If you could come forward. Or maybe just one. (laughs) Thank you. And if you could state your name for the record, that would would be great. Thank you.
6: Good evening. I'm uh, Helen Wilkes, uh, resident (coughs) of the town of Kensington for 34 years, chair of the local advisory panel, and an architect who has um, lived and practiced out of my home um, all these years, raised my husband, our three daughters there. Um, And I feel very intimately involved with this um, site. I was on the Legacy Open Space Advisory Board, um, which was created around 2000, 2001, and um, specifically interested in the preservation of this historic property. So um, I've, together with uh, residents of Kensington, been um, interested in seeing something happen there. I believe that... It was acquired in 2005. The building has been empty since probably 2004. So it's nearly 20 years. Um, And we have, as a community, Friends of Warner Circle, Jason Gerson, who's here tonight, um, is the the, uh, head of that group. Um, We have an executive committee that's had oversight. And we've activated the site as much as we can, mostly Jason running that uh, aspect. And we've had Opera on the back porch uh, at least three times Um, that has been a wonderful way to activate the site use the back side of the site for for public use and so I anticipate that there will be a lot of excitement when people actually start seeing activity um, to to return this building to use and what better use than to create condominiums, which return it to residential use. So we're very excited about that. Um, some of us had the opportunity to, with Kurt, look at some of his projects that he did in um, the uh, Forest Glen Seminary. And that the excitement started there because he's the real deal. He really cares about what he's doing. And he uh, cares about materials. And he cares about historic preservation. And so we're very enthusiastic about the whole thing. Um, in my report that I submitted after discussion with various people who've been involved with the site for a long time, um, I posed, I guess, some, some suggestions and some questions that were put forward. And you all have the report there. I'm not going to go through the whole report, but uh, so, and a lot of them have been covered here in the discussion the geothermal question. Um, ideally, that would be what we get, but um, I know that. Kurt will be paying uh, close attention to minimizing the impact on the site. You don't get to see many 360 degree sites like this. This is an unusual aspect to it. It really is a fishbowl. It's surrounded completely with, by residences. And those people, in particular, feel really engaged with what's going on there. And so um, it will always be seen and judged, I'm sure. Um, and while everybody won't be uh, pleased at all times, I think that really there will be a lot of enthusiasm for the improvements and the return to the community of this residence that really is very symbolic of what Brainerd Warner did. He, If you look at the plan for the town of Kensington, you see this uh, on the map of Montgomery County, in fact, this little uh, perfect oval, um, and see the idealized plan in the way that the streets circle that and, and emanate from the circle. It really is the, the symbolic, psychological heart of this garden suburb and, um, and really exemplifies that idea that the house is an object in the landscape and all the rest of the houses that surround it uh, nestle into this greenscape and share a common landscape. And um, I only wish that Warner had made some provision that if it were to revert from uh, residential use that it would go uh, into, become the town hall as it were. I mean, wouldn't it be great to have that? But actually that said, we're all very happy that this is going to be uh, returned to residential use. Um, The questions that we came up with, certainly the number of spaces we'd love to minimize to the extent possible, um, that's a zoning code question but also uh, somebody some of us were concerned about the widening of the the roadway and question whether it actually is necessary to widen the entire roadway all the way around the house to 20 feet to satisfy uh, you know why, why does a fire engine have to have 20 feet all around the perimeter it's an issue of turnaround you can create a, a hammerhead turnaround to satisfy that requirement for the uh, fire engine to be able to turn around. So we'd like to think that those questions will be more fully explored, explored uh, so that so that we can minimize the paving on the site. We'd like to think that um, the uh, idea of permeable pavers will be um, explored so that, again, active, uh, keep the, the greenscape green as much as possible. and. Um, I just want to also add that the glass hyphen, I actually am kind of excited about that because um, from east to west, there's some great sunsets. And by the elevation on the site of that house, I imagine some beautiful sunsets that can be seen through the glass hyphen. Um, I think that'll happen. So it's kind of exciting to anticipate that too. Um, I think that's it. That's all I have to say. Uh, Thank you. We're very glad. Any
1: questions for Ms. Wilkes?
2: Commissioner Doman. Uh, Yes. Um, When I visited the area, obviously I come up with opinion. This is a beautiful place, a beautiful park. When I was there, there were people walking, people pushing baby buggies around, you know, very nice. But you realize a lot of this is going to change when you start putting parking Places in here, right? right. So uh, I assume you're aware your beautiful green area may not be quite as beautiful and green as you as you currently have it. Is sure. It?
6: Well, and certainly, uh, particularly on the east side, there's some concern. The residents there are particularly close to, and their viewshed will will change um, in particular. So uh, certainly, there. Is hope that there will be every effort made to minimize that impact. Um, Green, you know, adding green planting around it, or even depressing the parking there if possible, to preserve the the view of the house. Primarily, I mean, people who have been used to looking at the house for all these years don't want to see cars in front of the house for sure. But um, I expect that Kurt will be sensitive to that.
3: So
11: yeah, any other
1: you. any other questions for Ms. Wilkes? Okay, thank you. Um Scott, would you like to come forward or do you <clears throat> now Scott and I have a long history. He brought me onto this and then he saw that I was here and said I gotta get out of here. So he <laughs> immediately moved over to parks. <laughs> <not how laughs> Scott Whipple. Um, with, Scott Whipple, with Department of Parks, parks
5: Cultural you. Resources. I don't uh I don't have any statement to make tonight? I'm just here uh, to show support. We're thrilled that we found a, a sympathetic developer uh, who's willing to take on this project, and we've been working really hard with him uh, to get the project right. There's still uh, refinements that need to be made uh, that we're working through, um, but uh, uh, we're thrilled to be working through those. Those trying to solve these problems—they're outstanding—and um, I don't really have anything more to say. I'm happy to. Answer any questions that anybody might
1: have. Any questions? Well, that was quick. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for coming up. Don't be last, right? <laughs> right. Okay. I think we're ready to begin our deliberations. If you'd like to come back here or stay there, whatever you prefer, probably better if you could come up here. Uh, and if would anyone like to start off? Commissioner Burdett.
3: Well, I'm quite pleased that something's going to happen to this wonderful mansion and that it's going to be residential again. Um, Because again, if it couldn't be a town hall that everybody could get into, it might as well be used by as many people as possible. Um, And I applaud your work. I mean, if you've worked at Forest Glen, then yes, you're the right guy to do this. um, Beautiful work over there. I do think you need to look at the detailing of the hyphen very carefully because you don't want it to look like a glass corporate or da- you know commercial building detailing. Um, a little bit more finesse with that. Um, and other than that, I was just thinking, wondering about um, the parking situation. You know, this isn't anywhere near metro, so people are going to need their vehicles. But perhaps there's a way to do some sunken parking so that it's not quite as visible between being partially sunken and partially landscaped that it wouldn't be terribly obvious um, because you've got to have it and you've got it in the right place. So I think that's just trying to minimize its appearance for the residents that are in the building and the residents across the street. And other than that, good luck. I look forward to whenever this thing gets finished, it, it, I look forward to seeing it. And I hope, again, like I said earlier, to another group, invite us to the opening because <laughs> we'd really love a tour of this place. Thanks.
1: Anyone else? Commissioner uh, Pelletier?
9: Um, what was I going to add? Uh,
1: no, this is, we're not asking. <SL> oh, we're it. not asking questions. No, we're not asking. Uh, <laughs> we're well, beyond that. <laughs>
9: uh, well, I worked with you Carl at Cunningham Quill. I don't know if we ever worked on a project together. You had worked on a few projects while I was there. I think you priced one of my jobs once, but but we were always very impressed with your with your historic preservation kind of like you know, keeping all the old stuff as much as you could, and I am really impressed with the National Park Cemetery Seminary, not Cemetery stuff. So I, uh, I was actually really thrilled to see your name on this application because I think you know this could be just super cool. I also was thinking maybe I got to get my name on a list to buy one of these condos. Um, yeah, it's really really cool, um, and I think. I know we're we're sort of supposed to be talking about your your uh design and I think so far um it, it's pretty sympathetic. I actually really I think it blends right in. Um it's kinda nice that you have there were photos of the old edition that got torn down that was so horrendous. But yours is really nice, but it's a it's a great juxtaposition <laughs> between the two. Um I share uh, Commissioner Burdett's concerns a little bit about the the bigger elevation of the hyphen. I think it's, to me, it's more about the module. Like right now, it looks a, a little bit like a an office building, not on the short side, but on the back side. And I know it's just a sketch, so I assume that it will be worked out um, later on. And yeah, my only other concern is the HVAC equipment and how that's going to actually go down. I don't... The parking doesn't really bother me because right now there's so much paving up there as you drive around that I think if it was formalized in some way you know, you know right now it's just a bunch of you know asphalt blobs sort of all over the place that I think if it got nicely landscaped and nicely formalized with with you know site walls and various things, I think it could be really nice so This is really exciting. I have lived in this area for like over 40 years and I never even knew this was here. And when I went over there, I grew up in Bethesda and I'm like, well, well, I've never seen this before. So this is really, really cool. So anyway, wish you luck. Uh, Totally supportive of the design so far and we look forward to seeing more.
1: Anyone else? Commissioner Galway.
11: Commissioner Galway. I think I'm going to go back to the equipment again, and I know you're trying to keep the units affordable and and make the numbers work. I think there's a market for the geothermal. If you're talking somewhere between a dozen and a half to two dozen wells, uh, based on just looking at the size of these units, uh, you know, I think that would be a, a wonderful opportunity to just demonstrate your, your sensitivity to the environment and saving energy and not uh, the whole you know the whole energy story electrification I agree with the idea of the heat pumps um, I'm not trying to spend your money uh, but but I think that you know definitely do diligence on that and and make sure that you can't do it before you before you give up on it
4: Carl, can you turn on your microphone, please? Thank you.
13: I I most definitely will investigate it deeply and make sure that I use a qualified uh, HVAC company and investigate the differential between what we're planning and the geothermal. And I welcome that uh, ability to see what the differential is and hand it over to HPC just to uh, continue the conversation i'm all for it right i mean really truly i mean you know we're only here for a short period of time and it's the best thing we possibly could do uh however if it's not feasible it may not work obviously thank you
11: you're welcome thanks you have
13: my word that we're going to be looking into that further because it eliminates (laughs) mechanical vaults and oddity and um ostensibly even maintenance Right. so
1: Right.
11: okay Thank you. Anyone else?
1: Okay, thank you very much. I'd, I'd just like, like to add, <clears throat> I, think, I think this project is large enough and I think there are enough questions uh, as it moves forward. If, if you'd like to do another preliminary, get our view. We usually don't do that, but I think if, if we, we all want this one to be perfect. <laughs> I agree. So if, I you're, if you're interested in doing that, we would be amenable to that. Um, but if you're comfortable moving ahead, that's great too.
13: I'll consult with the HPC. Yes, absolutely. The, you know, I think I think that's the path we're we're going down. Okay. The perfection path.
1: Thank thank okay. you so much. All
13: right, good. All right, thanks.
1: Okay, next item on our agenda, <laughs> agenda are um, historic preservation tax credits, route number 2. <clears throat> uh,
5: yes, thank you Mr. Chair. We have group 2 of the calendar year 2022 tax credits. Group two includes nineteen applications consisting of approximately two hundred seven thousand one hundred sixty-five dollars and twenty-one cents in eligible expenditures, and we're asking for your approval of these applications. Thank
1: you. Thank you. And and my understanding, I believe, is that we we take we hold all of them until we have them all in place, then we send them to the Department of Finance that is correct uh, when we have all of them together at the end of the year but we approve them as they come so is there a motion to uh, to approve the uh, the current list
3: uh, chair i make a motion that we approve this current first group we'll have- 2 group 2 of <laughs> thank you uh, group 2 of calendar year 2022- 2022 uh, I think. 2023. No,
1: it says 2022. 22, okay, yeah. Great. Okay. Is there a second? It's
10: Commissioner Haynes, I'll second.
1: All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. Uh do we have minutes from March 8th? I have not had a chance to look at them because I was not there. <laughs> Has anyone looked at them?
3: Mr. Chair, this is Commissioner Burdett, and I have read the minutes from uh March eight and I make the motion that we approve those minutes. Thank from you. Is there
1: a second?
10: Haines,
1: second. All in favor? Aye.
10: Aye. Aye.
1: Opposed? Thank you. Uh, commission items. Um, just one thing, I think, may, might be others, but uh, several of us looked at, um, uh, I'll think of it here in a minute. <laughs> Solar panels on uh, roofs in, in Tacoma Park and uh, we 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 have guidance for this currently, but looking at projects that we've approved, uh, we be, we believe that we can refine that a little bit with some guidance that we would offer to staff. Um, is anyone else who is there anything you'd like to add to that? Okay, <laughs> so we will do that, and we will we will try to put something together in the next month or so is that reasonable yeah Yeah, next month or so we'll put that together okay any other Commission items staff items
0: no staff items
1: we're adjourned thank you so much